Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweeps. I'm Tim, and the topic of our podcast today... Uh, I can get five seconds. No. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm doing introductions. You're not How here. come she always gets to do the three seconds? That's what I want to know. She does it very well. She, holds, she does she one holds, thing, she does she it does very not, well. And, and you're not here yet, you haven't been introduced. So. And neither of you. Yeah, neither of you, Missy. So you might just quiet it down just a tiny bit. Okay, Let me. let's start over. Hi, I'm Tim, and this is History Dweebs, and our, our podcast today is on serial killers Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. They were a couple of um, serial killers back in the 80s who uh, kidnapped, uh, raped, and murdered a bunch of folks. Um, we're going to talk about their dastardly deeds, uh, but before we do, I would like to introduce our panel. Uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce the very lovely and talented, the Queen of Mean, the Empress of Evil, the mistress of the macabre, the pill-popping, penis-loving, Satan's dirty little secret, the legendary Brandy. Oh my God, yes. Hi. How do you like introductions getting longer and longer and longer? I like it. I know, but uh, she's she's popular. So. And very awesome. Yes. So how are you, Brandy? I am great. How are you? I am wonderful. Um, before we go any further, let me say I'd like to thank Casey for joining us last time on our podcast. Uh, of course, Casey has a lot of fans out there, so it was good to have him on the show. Yeah, but uh, he always um, always uh, does a great job. So it thank goes you. to his head. Thank you, Casey, for dropping in. We hope to hope to have you back soon. Yeah, goes um, to his head. Let us also introduce. Let me also introduce uh, a man that really needs no introduction. The very honorable. So don't introduce him. <laughs> The uh, debonair, the suave, <laughs> the white, the Caucasian, <laughs> Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters the third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Oh, Timmy, it's one of those days. I'm torn. My, my feelings are You know, are I really, torn, I, I, every time I ask him that question, I, I just cringe. I know. I don't know why you do that. And... Just for our listeners, we get a lot of mail, um, we get a lot of emails and, and things on Facebook, and they're always disappointed that the colonel is not a black gentleman. An elderly black man. And we are as well. We are every day. Every day we're disappointed by that. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not disappointed. I'm just, I'm just 
you know, today's one of those Hallmark days, Timmy. Why it's is one that? Of those like a movie? Days. Like a Hallmark movie? And, and I should start it off with a uh, happy birthday to one of our listeners. Yes. Um, Trish Hiller. Don't you dare sing. Just Trish say Hiller. happy birthday. That's enough. Happy birthday to you, baby. Nope. Then happy that's birthday, enough. baby. No, no, that's enough. Come that's on, enough. baby. No, no. Happy birthday. Ew. Well, Chuck, Ew, no. There's movements no. going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Happy birthday, Trisha. Happy what's birthday, your Trisha. You know, you cannot, you cannot spell spell Trisha without C-I-A, Colonel. Ooh, I never even thought about that. Wow. That's an amazing observation. But so we hope you have a wonderful day. We hope, uh, we appreciate your support, Trisha, and... and yeah, this and is going to be posted what? a little late. So let's, let's give a shout out to uh, everybody at the Illinois Women's Correctional Facility with Trish. Um, she is not in prison. <laughs> what? So <laughs> I assume she was working there. No, but Trish, would, Trish is incarcerated right now. Why um, would you say that? No, is she's she wearing not. a jumpsuit today? <laughs> huh? Is she wearing an orange? She's jumpsuit? wearing an orange jumpsuit. Okay, orange is not. Black. I. Uh, she is not. Trisha no, is I, not Trish is it. not incarcerated. She gets got an ankle bracelet. Okay, so that's what? great. Uh, happy birthday, Trisha. See, why do you let him talk? I'm not. Just, okay. He says that's words. The, that's the joyous part. Now I need a little bit of um, solemnness Did from you die? two, if I could. Somebody else. Today, died. Timmy. Mm-hmm. Is the nineteenth anniversary of uh, my dear uh, mama's departure? Well, she's oh, dead. Why are you celebrating the anniversary? God rest her soul. Why is that an anniversary? Let's like celebrate her birthday. She's yeah, dead. I don't think you're supposed to celebrate the day. That I'm not die. celebrating. Clearly, it's just a reminder that she's dead. It, you know what? It, and this is a weird thing to me because Lady Di, every year, also the, dead. My mother died the day after Lady Di did. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't get depressed that Lady Diana did. Um, no, she didn't. She should have. Uh, Mother mm-hmm. Teresa died right after that too. But so it's just a whole block of every time for you. I go, you know, I hear about Lady Diana dying, obviously, mm-hmm. because me and my mama, we was watching the coverage of Lady Diana on the news, and my mama went into a, a, a poor state, and we had to rush her to the hospital, and she died the following day. Is that a true story? That is a true story. It was it was a peculiar thing. Um, she'd had cancer. She'd been sick, very very sick for a long that time. Cancer. We knew the end Different was than near. Diabetes. She had the consumption, and uh, we knew the yes, end was near. Consumption. But this particular day, my mom says to me, "You know, it sounds really good—a grilled cheese sandwich," which was crazy. Always because, sounds good. Well, for somebody who's about to I die, I am a cancer. part of the anti-cheese coalition. <laughs> you I know you were in the ACC, but yes, but this, she was not. All so, those people in the ACC—they're so picky. So I whipped up together a grilled cheese sandwich for my mom. Was that a challenge for you? No, I'm. I'm you got a whole group that sandwiches. just won't have nothing to do with the cheddars. You got and you got another <laughs> factions and, and the Parmesan. All those Parmesan people. Oh, oh the pricks. <laughs> The pricks. You're the really Parmesan not. pricks. You have no idea. You're making fun of me, but you have no idea. I'm going to quit going to the meetings. What about the Gouda people? I don't even I don't, I don't even they're talk. They're smoky. Well, and the blue cheese, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're, they're all, all crumbly and dry. We don't really count the blue cheese. They're like a subgroup. They're like mold. They don't really count the part of the anti-cheese coalition. Although... They do sometimes. Some of them are sponsors, but they're not a part of the Anti-Cheese Coalition. 
But continue, Colonel, because we have a long okay. podcast. All right. Well, I'll, I'll try to get to That seems racist. Quickly to the end of this. My, but my mom, it was a peculiar, very peculiar thing because my mama said to me she, she had not been eating. She was surviving. Did your mama just say knock you out? taking sips of protein, or the, you know. Those a boost. Si- boost, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by this time, she dropped down to probably 60 pounds or something. She was a tiny woman. That's where I hope to be. And uh, so she asked me to make a grilled cheese sandwich, which was surprising. And we was watching the coverage of Lady Di's uh, demise, untimely demise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My mom finished half the grilled cheese sandwich, and her eyes rolled back in her head, and she did not regain consciousness, and she died the next day. That is a horrible story. Well, yes, you know what? I like really the here's what I like to think. Here's what I like to think, though. But why are you sharing? Because you know what? The last thing she had was a good grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, okay. And that is why I'm a part of the anti-cheese coalition. ECC. Oh. I don't. Okay. That was an awful story. It was. And why? Why would because you tell it? I, w- I told it because... We're going you know, to talk about it's Leonard Lake though. and Charles Ning, which will be uplifting after that. It will be uplifting, but this is important for all your listeners to know. If you're eating a grilled cheese sandwich with your mama, appreciate it. Okay, appreciate Colonel, thank it. you. Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsors, uh, Ship and Alicia. You're a downer. Cindy Lou, <laughs> Jahara, and Bridget. Those uh, folks have been very generous, uh, <clears throat> and there are supporters on Patreon. If you would like to be a supporter, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, and um, you can become a supporter. We'll, we'll, we don't care the amount, even if it's a wee bit. A wee bit. We, I'm running to I'm going to Patreon right now, Timmy. Thank you, Colonel. <clears throat> okay, uh, but uh, Chip actually had requested... first. Chip actually requested this uh, topic, and uh, I think a couple other people did as well, so we're happy to bring it to you. Um, it's um, a weird story. And it's a difficult story kind of to tell because normally we talk about serial killers, we talk about their background, and then we go through this progression of, you know, how sequential they kill these people, right? But this time, this thing, uh, and then, then of course, the police catch on that there's a serial killer, there's an investigation, there's an apprehension. Well, sometimes they catch on. Yeah, sometimes. There's an apprehension, and then we, we talk about what happens next. In this case, um, these guys were killing people and no one really noticed. Um, it was kind of a fluke that the, uh, that the police got involved with them and um, finally brought them to justice. So um, this will be a little different than before, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the backgrounds. Uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, spelled N-G. And Colonel, I know we talked about this before. We're kind of upset at this guy because he has no vow in his last yeah, name. You need to have a vow. That's just cheating. Yeah. It's just cheap. Talk to Pat Sajak. He should buy a bow, vow. He really should. Should buy a bow, too. Well, I think he had bowels. <laughs> I think he had plenty. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, spelled N-G, were a pair of serial killers responsible for at least seven murders, and possibly as many as 25, uh, back in the 1980s. And why they specialized, I don't know if you could specialize in this, but they specialized in sexually abusing and killing women. That was their major and minor, I guess. And well, the yeah, we, up. we specialize in the rape and, and minor in the torture. Yeah. We, we're major can in the rape. Can you put that on a resume? You can, but... It's uh, not something you want to put on a resume. Yeah, you might not get many responses. They uh, they also murdered two families and at least five men. So even though they sexually abused and killed women, they didn't discriminate. They, they killed men, they killed babies, they killed kids. 
but the women got the worst of it because uh, they were usually held in captive in an underground bunker that they had on this um, uh, in on this in this compound. Uh, they had a cabin out in the woods. Uh, Leonard Lake did, and uh, they had this underground bunker where he would store arms and video Legs. equipment oh. and women. Uh, and they would rape and torture the women on film, on camera. <clears throat> they would make their own uh, homemade uh, porn movies and snuff movies. So, but let's, let's who hasn't made their own porn movies? Uh, right. Well, but they also made. Uh, I never snuff made snuff films are bad. Yeah, are bad for. I never made a snuff film, but I got the whole Colonel collection at home. You know what though? But they've always Colonel said. Collection. They've said for the longest time that snuff films are like, like sweet, urban legend. Is that like Swedish erotica? It is. Remember Aunt <laughs> yeah. Peg? And yeah. But completely different. It's the Colonel collection. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think what you're talking about is that there is a, I've heard that too, that snuff films were uh, urban legend. But of course, if you make them yourself, if you're a serial killer. Then clearly they're not urban legend. Well, yeah, but I think the uh, the that part, they're talking about the distribution of snuff films. What was the guy's name? Harvey? Harvey? Uh, Harvey Gorman. <laughs> no, I want to say Harvey like Glad or Platt or Kytel. He was the guy that uh, <clears throat> maybe we may have done him. I don't know. He uh, he was a photographer, and he would take he would take models, mm-hmm. get women to model for like True Detective magazine for those kind of shoots, and tie them up. And he said, "Now act scared, you know, and whatever." Mm-hmm. And once he got them tied up. He told him he was going to kill him, mm. and then they obviously looked very scared, and he got. Yeah, he got, got authentic. We'll have to look that guy up and got authentic looking picture that way. So let me give you a little background on these two uh, nut jobs. Uh, Leonard Lake uh, was born on October 29, nineteen forty-five, in San Francisco, California, one of my favorite cities in the world, and home of Stephanie Quick out there mm-hmm. in San Francisco, and the Power Exchange, and uh, yeah. I don't know if it's... Yeah, the power exchange is in California, San Francisco. The sex club that um, some of you may be familiar with. When he was... <laughs> that some, we won't mention any names, frequent. Yeah. When he was the six years old. When he was six years old. Pervy, dirty perps. Mm-hmm. You know, before I had aspirations of, like, moving home and maybe running for mayor in my small town, but... Oh, you give those up. You with this podcast, I have no chance. Then. No, no, you don't. You ain't going nowhere. And you had no aspirations. Let's not kid ourselves. I have, it was <clears throat> minor aspirations. <laughs> I mean, I thought about it, but it did sound like a lot of work. When uh, Leonard was six years old, he and his siblings uh, were sent to live with their grandparents after the parents separated. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, he was uh, reportedly to be a bright child, but he had an obsession with pornography. Who doesn't? Uh, he took uh, nude photos of his sisters. Yeah. Apparently, with the encouragement of his, by his grandmother. Oh, so that's okay for her. It was right. that was all right. Why well, didn't he take some new nudies, uh, Granny? Maybe he did. We just don't know. Yeah. And maybe she encouraged that too. Mm-hmm. It was alleged, now after he took his pictures of his sister. It was alleged that Lake uh, extorted sexual favors from them to uh, keep those pictures hidden. Uh, so well, yeah. he, and you know, here's this is how it starts. Why they just beat the shit out of him? You like take a picture the of other sister does. Like uh, you get a, just a little bit risque picture. This is mm-hmm. women. Listen to this. Don't fall into this trap. Um, oh, God. They say, hey, send me a picture of you with just you know in a sexy pose or whatever, and they say, okay. 
Then once they get to sexy pose, they say, now send me a picture of you with no shirt on, or I'm going to send around a picture of the sexy pose. And you, the blackmail. It sounds like you've now done you this got before. Now you got a set of boobs. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what he's... And then you say, now send me a picture of your whole self naked, or I'm going to send everybody a picture of your boobs. That sounds like what they was doing right yeah, now. Yeah, well, he was extorting his sisters for sexual favors. So um, he gradually developed an overwhelming obsession with pornography. His weird sexual escapades include making, uh, uh, included fantasizing and making neighborhood girls his love slaves. That's uh, weird. I don't know. I don't know if that's that weird, but yeah, I mean, who hasn't fantasized about the hot girl in the neighborhood being your love slave? In 1965, <clears throat> at the age of 19, uh, Leonard Lake joined the Marine Corps. Thank you for your service. He served two <laughs> terms of duty, tours of duty. Yeah, in Vietnam. As a radar operator. Oh, radar. In the while in the service, he was diagnosed with schizoid personality disorder. I think that's the least of his diagnoses. See, man, you need to do that diagnosis up front because those fuckers are get they they get uh, you know they get uh, vet benefits the rest of their life. Yeah. You need to do some of that screening up front. He was eventually was given a medical discharge in 1971 and, and underwent psychotherapy. Well, it worked out really well. I mean, they, yeah, they, they did a great looks job. Looks like they got him fixed up. Yeah, they did yeah. a great job there. You're back, ready. You're back. ready to go. Well, he's probably tried to get it from the VA, and they <laughs> he's probably still waiting. <laughs> they for wouldn't schedule it. He's yeah. still in line. Actually, in, according to the VA, they treated him for five years. Yeah, for, yeah of course. So back in uh, civilian life, he moved back. They moved to San Jose, California, which of course is uh, just. Uh, Do you know the way? Yes, it's just very close to San Francisco. I don't. And he briefly attended San Jose State University, which is also in San Jose. No. San Jose State is? Yes. I know. It's hard to believe. I thought that was in Colorado. Go However, he <laughs> dropped out. Go Bison. Yeah. Dropped out after one semester. So, really, it wasn't really worthy, worthy of a mention here. <clears throat> He's a quitter. Lake joined a group of hippies. And, ah, um, in the dirty hippies. In the 1970s and um, joined one of their communes out in California. It is there that he met uh, his, uh, he, he met a wife, he got married, uh, but the marriage quickly dissolved when his wife found out that he was making and starring in amateur pornography movies. I think that would put or a pornographic a, movies. I'm put sorry. a damper on the marriage. Yeah, and it, the, those movies involve bondage and sadomachism. Sadomachism. What? Can't say that word. <laughs> say what? Yeah, let's hear you say it, Charles. Sadomasochism. Thank you. Sadomasochism. When his wife discovered that he was filming bondage scenes that included handcuffs, leather straps, and shackles. With women other than herself. Otherwise known as Saturday. I was going to say, don't we call that Saturday (laughs) scene? No, 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 no. It was women other than herself. She divorced him. So if he had been putting her in shackles, maybe it would have been okay. What if he would have been doing men? Would that have been okay? In 1979... uh, Can't compete with that. Lake was arrested for playing Grand Theft Auto. No, he was arrested for Grand Theft Auto. I'm sorry. Oh. It's different. I did not know there was a difference. Well, uh, Lake served one year in prison... And received one year's probation for the grand theft auto charge, um, and he was—he also was charged with theft. He was stealing some weatherizing material from a construction site. The dirty bastard. To do what? What, what are you going to do with that I, I, shit? I, I, yeah, I mean, he was I'm making a all, dungeon. He had I'm not getting all it. up in his business. Well, you we might be. In 1981, when I was uh, 20 years old, first grade, so 19. 
19 hey, seven, 17. You were 17 years old. What year? 1981. 1981? I was 17 years old. First yes. grade. You guys are so old. Uh, he got married again. Leonard Lake was married again to Clara Lynn Belazzi. Belaze. I think it's Belaze. Clara Lynn Belaze, a woman he met while working at the Renaissance Fair in 1977. Oh, the Renaissance Fair. That is a great place to meet women. Yes. You meet a lot of imps there. You do. Yeah. You do. A fair amount of imps. A fair amount of, yeah. Around this time... uh, What is an imp? It's just a little weirdo, isn't it? I don't know. Is it a dwarf? Is it a midget? I don't know. Uh, Write that down, Brandy. Imps are are magical creatures. Oh, okay. I won't write it down. Well, then Google it. See what it is. Around this time, uh, Lake earned a reputation among his neighbors as being a survivalist. So he kind of goes from a hippie to the other extreme as being a survivalist. A prepper. He was a prepper. Yeah, he was, a, he was a prepper, yeah. He was Glory Gator. Mm-hmm. He was a doomsday prepper. He, he will survive. He will survive. As long yeah. as he knows Hey, hey. He knows his At first he was afraid. He was petrified. <laughs> he was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, no. All right, stop. So, um, uh, he earned a reputation among his neighbors as being a survivalist and a weirdo sex freak who freely talked about bondage with anyone who would listen to Chuck him. Chuck has that same thing. <laughs> Is that is that anyone who would listen? Chuck will talk about bondage all day is long. That, is that considered peculiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, so uh, he started um, uh, reading Soldier of Fortune magazine and uh, War Gamer magazine, and he placed uh, personal ads in those magazines. Nice. Uh, let's see. So anyway, he's uh, so he's. Um, Married now to Clara Lynn Blaze. Uh, he allegedly taught kids how to make explosives. Mm-hmm. Um, he was that crazy uncle. Yeah, he told the kids that in case the shit went down, um, you know, they needed to be prepared. Uh, Clara Lynn helped him teach the kids Did, that. Timmy, uh, I got somebody raising their hand. Yes. Uh, the floor should recognize me. Yes, Brandy. An imp is a mythological being similar to a fairy or goblin, frequently described in folklore and superstition. Yeah, a little weirdo, like I said. <laughs> so, um... It's made up. Clara Lynn Belays, his wife, soon left Lake after she got tired of her husband's increasingly erotic, I mean, erratic behavior, probably his erotic behavior as well. Erotic behavior. And is insistent that she star in pornographic films. I don't think that's mean. Why is he insisting on that? I can see her, you know, I can see him, you know, making a little camera camera lens Mm -hmm. with his hands. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You'd be great. You know, (laughs) why why is it that women are so hesitant to, I mean, she's married to the man for the love of God. Yeah. Well, he wants to document their 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 love. love. He wants to document their love. He wants to put it on film. Yeah, well, she didn't like that, so she she left. In 1981, Lake met Charles Ng, uh, who answered one of Lake's ads in the War Gamer magazine. I'm not sure kind of what ad. I guess he was just ads for... uh, For pals. No, people had similar interests in him because Ng was a little... uh, Freak show? Yeah. The two men hit it off... At once, in spite of Lake's racism, because Ng, as you know, Ng was uh, Chinese. Uh, 
which seemed to encompass uh, his uh, Lake's racism only seemed to encompass blacks and Hispanics. So oh, he was a selective racist. <laughs> yeah, he was open. He he was. He was very open-minded when it comes to Asian Americans, but he was not into um, blacks and Hispanics. Apparently, is it ironic at all? Is it ironic at all, Timmy, mm-hmm. that this man spent two years in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and Vietnam. when he comes home, it's Vietnam. He becomes best friends with an Asian man named Charlie. It, hey. it is. Do you see the irony in that? I, I do. I do, Colonel. Thank you for pointing that he'd out. He'd been fighting Charlie all that time. Now he's best friends with Charlie. Actually, he was a radar operator. He, he never saw up. any action when he was in Vietnam. But Oh, okay. You know, well, he was looking for Charlie. He, well, and he found Charlie when he got home. Yes, and they became friends. They've been they searching the wrong place the whole time. So <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's a, you know, despite his racism for blacks and Hispanics, he, he liked Charlie, Charles Ng. They began collecting automatic weapons uh, from illegal sources. They have shared interests, so sure. And a team of federal agents eventually raided the, the ranch that they were living on in 1982, arresting Lake and Ng on firearms violations. They released a Lake on a $6,000 bond. That's pretty cheap. And Lake promptly went into hiding, so he's on the lam. And he used a lot of different aliases, and he drifted around Northern California. He skipped bail and uh, settled in a remote ranch in Wileysville, uh, California. Uh, it was a uh, member of his ex-wife, uh, Carolyn, Clarilyn Belaze. His ex-wife's parents owned a little cabin on in Wileysville, Wileysville and um, they, that was going to be their future retirement home. Uh, but Lake had other plans. He transformed it into a house of whores. Of whores? Yeah. Whores. 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 Yeah, he said whores. Uh, he, p- police say that Lake erected <laughs> a fortified bunker adjacent to the cabin where he hoarded le- illegal weapons and uh, video, stolen video equipment and uh, uh, eventually some of his captives. Foolishly, he recorded his dastardly deeds. No, well, that was never do that. And a ledger just evidence. that could later be used against him in the court of <clears throat> law. His diary was crammed with sexual fantasies involving sexual slaves he planned to keep in his Did he start garden. it with Dear Diary? <laughs> hey, maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, and so it was, it was crammed with sexual fantasies involving sex slaves he planned to keep in his bunker after a nuclear holocaust. So it. don't you think these, these uh, survivalists, don't you think they actually are hoping something happens? Absolutely. Because then they can be right. And I don't feel like he doesn't need to stockpile women. I feel like that's what he's doing. Well, I think you need more than one. You definitely need more than one. Uh, you got to keep them separated so they don't get. I keep them. I keep them in different countries. There you go. Well, you at least yeah, different countries, at least different rooms. And you have to have, you know, homeland security between you and them. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of which, I'm in next week after next, I'm going down to Columbia to see the lovely Clara. Lovely Clara. I'm looking forward to that. Then he won't. He probably won't be back. In his um, in his uh, diaries, um, dear diary, dear diary, uh, Lake Leonard Lake wrote, "God meant women for cooking, cleaning house. Oh, I'm sorry. God meant women for cooking, cleaning house, and sex. And when they're not in use, they should be locked up." He's so wise. Your your thoughts on that, Colonel? 
Well, I want to see that number dwindle on Team Colonel. I'm about to speak. No, I think he's wrong there, Timmy. I think he's uh, he he's not taking an enlightened view of women. Okay. Um, women don't need to be locked up because they. What do you say they should be doing? They should be either cooking, cleaning house, or having sex. And when they're not, they should be in use. They should be locked up. Yeah. See, now they could be. They could be watching Netflix. They don't have to be locked up. You're okay with that. As yeah, long as they as long as they cook clean. As long as they're cooking and cleaning and and, and providing with the marital needs. Jesus Christ. Right. As long as they're fulfilling their marital obligations. You would never lock Renee up. <laughs> if he did that, Chuck would be dead in like a week from some jackass. Accident that when they would have told him, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I got the Mrs. Colonel under control. You shit about too. That. He he. You just have to. You have to give her the look, right? You don't yeah, even have I, to. Just say I don't even have to, have to. Oh, I you got, got her condition. Basically, pretty much. Yeah, I've yeah. trained her. You know, though they years. say. You know, they say elephants. How they train elephants when they're babies. They t- they put a yeah. chain around their around foot, the foot and they put them against a big concrete pole or building yeah. or something and they'll struggle against that mm-hmm. and eventually they can just put a little stake in the ground because the the elephant will give up and think that they're stuck. Is that it what you're saying? That uh, pretty much, Mrs. Colonel. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is the Mrs. Damn. Colonel is like a delicate flower. It's she got life. It's like she's living at the Ritz every day. Yeah, it's so not. she would never try to escape. Oh, I see. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of background, more background on Charles Ng, and then Brandy will tell you more about. Will tell her. I will tell her everybody. She would tell her about the murders. Murder. I always give you murder. I know. She's so appreci- good at it. I appreciate that. Charles Ng, spelled N-G. No consonants, no vowels. No vowels. No vowels. All consonants. Now, sometimes, you know, you've got those people over there in uh, Norway. They have a lot of consonants, too, Colonel. They got those weird letters with the dots over them. And, those, and then the O with the cross in yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know what, what that's that? all about. I don't know how to say that. You know, Kastner really needs to, uh, really needs to uh, explain that to us. So... Anyway, Charles Ng was born on December 24th, 1960, Christmas Eve. Wow. His mama was not pregnant during Christmas. No, but during Thanksgiving, although I'm sure they didn't celebrate that because he was born in Hong Kong. Uh, but he so, got Americanized. Yeah, but she was pregnant during Chinese New Year. Yeah, yeah, she was. So anyway, he was born on December 24th, He was born in Year of the Rat, by the way. Yeah, I looked that up. Did you? You might be right. I was born in. I, I was born about five months after that. A over five months. I was born in the year of the cobra, Timmy. Okay, year of the cobra. Mm-hmm. As a child, Ng was harshly disciplined and abused by his father. Mm-hmm. As a teenager, Ng was described as a troubled loner, and was expelled from several schools. Aren't they always described as troubled loners? Yeah. After his arrest for shoplifting at age 15, his fa- at his, he was arrested at his father's assi- uh, insistence. Hmm. Uh, and then he was sent to uh, boarding school in North Yorkshire, England, where with Lady Beverly. Yes. Yeah. 
Not long after arriving, uh, he was expelled for stealing from other students and returned to Hong Kong. At age 18, Ng obtained a student visa to study in the United States, where he briefly attended the College of Notre Dame in Belmont, California, before dropping out. It was around this time that he met Leonard Blake. Uh, They both shared, as I mentioned before, an obsession with firearms. After being charged uh, in a relation to a hit-and-run accident, um, he ran over somebody. Um, I figured that. Ng <laughs> joined the... Um, oh, hold on. Back up for just a minute. <laughs> okay. Ng... <laughs> oh, are you going with that? Do not, know. Ng ran somebody over in his car. He lied about his birthplace, and uh, so he was he was going on the lamb. He joined the Marines. Well, thank you for your service. <laughs> I hope they didn't make him a tank commander. They no, he was a self-described martial artist. There you go. He's and, a ninja and a self-described ninja warrior. Yes. Who declared that he was born to fight? Well, and if you don't declare it, who will? Ning uh, Ng uh, talked incessantly of violence uh, with his fellow Marines. So he was a oh. leatherneck. But in the uh, military, he was once again caught stealing, this time $11,000 worth of military weapons. Yeah, you can't just sweep that under the rug. They frowned upon that. Uh, to avoid court-martial, uh, Ng fled Hawaii, and eventually, and eventually so he, he, he hightails it out of the military, he leaves Hawaii, he goes AWOL, eventually makes his way back to Northern California, where he meets up again with his good friend, Leonard Lake. Um, they were, of course, as I've mentioned before, they got together, and uh, Lake and he were arrested in 1982 on a raid on Lake's uh, home by the um, ATF um, and he was sentenced to 14 years in prison, but he served less than two of that. Uh, his sentence was commuted. Damn, he must have been really behaving in there. And he was dishonorably discharged. Upon his release... It's uh, like he got charged with rape. Yeah. Upon his release, Ng moved back. Uh, he met up again with his good friend, Leonard Lake, who was now still on the run because he, uh, you know, he skipped bail and was staying at his uh, ex-in-law's cabin retreat. Uh, it is there that Ng and Lake began a campaign of abduction, rape, and murder uh, based from Lake's uh, remote cabin. Reunited, the pair of survivalists uh, uh, built a torture chamber and snuff film parlor in a remote Northern California ranch to fuel their perverse lust. And he wow. was sort of the... Uh, Follower, I think Lake was kind of the domineering one, and Ng was kind of the you know he was the little uh, you know he kind of followed. He was the puppy. Yeah, he followed Lake. Lake and Ng developed a survivalist uh, doomsday plan called Operation Miranda. Yes, which I think was based on the book The Collector. It was yeah. a book that we've talked about before mm-hmm. of people of a guy uh, collecting humans. And uh, other serial killers have cited that book. And, um, but anyway, the, this Operation Miranda would be enacted immediately after World War III, uh, the radioactive dust from the nuclear war had settled. And Brandy's going to tell us more. 
<clears throat> it wasn't long after Lake and Ng were reunited they started to kill. In fact, it seems that Lake got a head start on his more dependent friend. Um, nobody knows really how many people they killed. Um, it's believed that Lake's first victim was his brother, Donald. Well, who, you need to start with Who was brother. a dick his entire life. We don't he, know that. He needed to go. Poor Donald. Uh, Lake's mother reported Donald missing after he failed to return from a visit with Leonard in San Bruno in July, July of 1983. He was the older brother. I appear so. Yeah, and this is when uh, Ng was incarcerated. Donald told authorities, or Donald, she told authorities, went to Humboldt County to find work as a carpenter, and she never heard from him again. Just like Jesus. Yes. Although but, Jesus came back. Well, and everybody's heard of Jesus, so. True. Jesus um, but I mean, he was a carpenter like Jesus. He was, yeah. Jesus did not, I do not believe, have a rape chamber. No. Jesus was a good man. Go ahead. He had a cave that he rose up out of. Mm-hmm. A tomb. Um, she remembers that Leonard once told her the world is better off without Don. So see, Don was a dick. He had to go. Well, that's according to a serial killer, so I'm not sure Lake, how much validity there was. Well, Lake and Ink targeted women, but they did not hesitate to abduct entire families. Well... Because if you hesitate, you're fucked. You're lost. He who hesitates is lost. Yes. After killing the men and children to get them out of the way, they would hold the women captive in a custom-built room in a bunker at Lake's Ranch, tie them up, torture them, rape them, videotaping each other while doing so. Sometimes they also lured men to the compound with promises of work and robbed them, after which Lake stole their identities. Yeah, they were doing all kind of stuff. They were answering ads. They were like, one family, one guy was just selling his um, uh, video equipment, and they go and, you know, he places an ad, and he, they go to his house, and they just kill him, take it. After, and they, yeah, after killing the victims by either strangling or shooting them, they would often bury them in shallow graves on the property. Though there's evidence that some were also dismembered and burned, their remains scattered. Many of the victims may never have been discovered. Was it not for a routine police matter? On June 2, 1985, an Asian man, later identified as Chuck Ning. Chuck was, Ng. Yes. Okay. Chuck Ng? Chuck Ng. Charles Ng. We got Charles Ng and Chuck Ng. No, same guy. Same guy. Like you? Your name is Charles and Chuck? Chung King. Go ahead, Brandy. I don't understand what you just were doing. Just so anyway, he was shopping in South San Francisco. Was shoplifting in South San Francisco. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, actually, he was still in advice, and I don't think uh, I have it in there. But he was in a, like a hardware store, and he put a stole advice, and he put it in the trunk of their car, and um, the store attendant saw him, went after him, Ing hit, you know, Ing took off running. Called they called the police. Uh, but um, Leonard was still in the car. Right. He didn't, uh, you know, he just kind of high-telled <laughs> out there. So, what? And he had to fuck it all up by the stealing the vice. Right. Yeah. So they fled, and by the time police arrived, but he had fled by the they time police the arrived. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? Yeah, clearly. Yeah. That's their whole department. <clears throat> yeah, the vice detectives. Um, but, you know, as Tim has pointed out before I could, since it's in my part, uh, Leonard, who was with him, was arrested because uh, his car, he was sitting in the car, the car was searched, and they found um, 
a 22 revolver illegally equipped with a silencer. He told him that he was Robin Stapley and had a driver's license in that name. Police were suspicious. Well, <laughs> it because, raised some eyebrows. Because, yes. according to the driver's license, Robin Stapley was 26, while the man they had in custody was clearly in his late 30s. <laughs> he was like middle aged. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know. Yeah. I don't think you age well when you're a serial killer. I think it takes no. a toll. Serial killers don't age. Well, you got to remember, he was also a hippie, a survivalist. Survivalist. He'd been through some festivals. changes. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on there. Yeah. So while being interviewed at the police station, Lake asked for a glass of water and used it to swallow a cyanide pill hidden in the lapel of his shirt. Always prepared. Mm-hmm. I've seen that at different places. I've seen it said it was in the lapel of his shirt, like his collar. And then I've seen it that it was in his belt, so I don't know which one is correct. But he kept apparently he kept a cyanide tablet on him at all times. Well, you never know when you'll need it. it well, especially when you've got 25 dead bodies and you're on your property. Right. Yeah. Um, he collapsed, was rushed to the hospital where he went into a coma. Yeah, he was. I mean, they were interviewing him. Yeah, they were just trying to kind of figure out what all because they knew he wasn't. Which one of the Nazis right? did that? Was that Gehring? Uh, Gehring during Nuremberg did that. I'm not sure. Uh, he was on life support for four days before being pronounced dead. All over a vice. After Lake's suicide... $75 San, vice. San Francisco police... That's expensive. Uh, police investigated... It's hard to get a good vice. Oh, well, they, they were driving a sweet-ass ride. Mm-hmm. After Lake's suicide, San Francisco police investigated the Honda Prelude he was driving at the time of his arrest. Okay. Sweet, sweet Honda Prelude. Sweet Honda Prelude with a stolen vice in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was registered to 39-year-old Paul Costner, a San Francisco car salesman. Further investigation revealed that on November 5th, 1984, <clears throat> Costner took an obese man answering Lake's description on a test drive to sell him a Prelude and never came back. So they're saying that uh, Lake was a little Lake was bit a, chubby. A chubby of After a short investigation, police confirmed the true identity of their suspect, as Leonard Lake. Furthermore, the man whose identity Lake had taken, Robert Robin Stapley, had been missing for sev- several weeks. Oh, uh, police, police searched Lake's ranch in Wileysville. It was clear that the man was a survivalist. Uh, his ranch was fitted with a bunker and a stash of weapons. In a dairy, Lake had written how he was convinced there was in, no hold on. in a dairy. That's <laughs> in a dairy? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be dairy. Yeah, Gehring okay. took a cyanide tablet before they hung him. It was Gehring that took yeah. it? Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. Gehring did. Okay, so in a diary. I thought dairy didn't make any sense, <laughs> yeah. but I have a cold. So in a dairy. Yeah. Uh, Lake had written how he was convinced there was going to be a global nuclear war. Nuclear war. Mm-hmm. And he planned on surviving in his bunker and rebuilding the human race with a collection of female slaves, uh, clearly named Operation Miranda after a character in the book The Collector by John Fowles. He always takes my fucking thunder. He starts mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. He tells I'm shit sorry. that's on my page. It's yeah. a problem. Takes you, the fucking thunder. It's a problem when you're writing a script and doing uh, and doing you have research. No fa- then you, that means McGregor, you have no faith in your talent. It means you don't have any self control. No, it so. means and you that don't have perhaps I should get some help with those just, tasks. And you know, it, what worries me is your lack of self restraint. I'm afraid it's one of these days. We're afraid you're just gonna 
masturbate in front of us. Oh, yet. we're not. I've never been afraid of that. No. <laughs> uh, never had that concern. Well, when you guys, and, you guys and, can write the script anytime and, you would and, like. Hold on. It's not a matter of writing the script. It's a matter of you've written the script, <laughs> and I want to read the script, and you're running your yapper and giving away the whole fucking story. <laughs> We've just glossed over an important thing that you've said here. You are, are you, you're ill? I have a cold. The fuck? I have a cold. Yeah, you could be spreading that to me and Timmy. Then, you know, we got man colds. I didn't lick your fucking face or anything. You're all right. I'm just saying, you got a cold. You got the boobies that protect you in estrogen. I'm not sure, but... But all of a sudden, you give it to me and Timmy, and we got man colds, and that's some serious shit. It ain't like... You root. Cover up your mouth. Sneeze the other way. If you We're sharing a microphone once, here. You not heard me sneeze. Hush. Don't quit licking the microphone. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, the police also found their videos... You know what, people? If you're going to do a crime, and I'm all for it, do the crime, I don't care, but you <laughs> don't. You're all, for, you're all for abducting and murdering people? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, talking, it's the you taping. Got, you have to let me finish. All right. It's the taping that I'm opposed to. Tape, taping it, the pictures, the cell phone where you're taking a selfie next to your stolen yeah. shit. All that uploading it on Facebook it's is bad. Evi- it's all evidence. Don't take pictures. Don't write it down. Like, it never exists. Like it never exists. So what you're saying, what I hear you saying is, don't do the rape and tape. Don't do the rape and tape. Okay, that, the rape those is are one words thing to live by. But don't do the rape and tape. Or you can rape words or to tape. Live by. Just don't do both. Rape or tape. Don't rape and tape. Rape is a bad thing. I'm opposed to rape. Rape is a bad thing. I can't even talk about it because I'm only I got, opposed to rape I'm when so uh, so so upset right now. You're opposed to hobo rape. Uh, well, it depends on the hobo. Um, <laughs> if he's attractive or not. <laughs> no, I mean, some hobos got to come. Some hobos are asking for it. But I think... Oh, yeah, the way they prance around, the little, way they yeah, dress. The little, <laughs> yeah, little, little hobo. candy dancing things. <laughs> but, and they got that little, uh, you know, pole with that little... Ba- uh, uh, bag, bag or, chef on yeah, the end of yeah. it. Yeah, look like Snoopy. Yeah. Snoopy, he could get raped. Yeah, I'm, I'm only Snoopy? in favor of rape when it's now you're raping Snoopy. In you the think Snoopy of, and that little bird were doing it? Woodstock? Yeah, Woodstock. I think Woodstock was. Uh, I think Woodstock might have given him an occasional reach around. But, but you know that one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. His arms were that, so little. But you know Peppermint Patty was lesbian. You know that. Come on. Oh, Kurt. so was Marcy. You think they were? Oh, her and Marcy were. Oh, they God, were. They shut were, up. They what were, about Lucy? They were rubbing rubs. Oh, Lucy's a whore. She, she, yeah, <laughs> Lucy put out for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> she Jesus put out for Linus and his little. Oh, you know what? Uh, he she wrapped was, that yeah. or he wrapped that blanket oh, around her. But Linus, Linus was gay. He was so stupid. Yeah. Linus was gay. He was so. okay. Stop talking. He was dirty too. So don't. He was dirty. So okay. So don't don't take videos. Don't record it. I'm only, no reason to put. It I, on I Facebook. need to clarify this so I don't, I don't sound like you the do, devil. But okay. I'm only in favor of rape when it's in falls under the uh, under the uh, allowances of Colonel Justice. I see. So, okay. so, like, if we could get these two guys and like, uh, we could get Godzilla. Carl, Carl Panzeran. No, let me tell example. you something. Yeah, to that rape little, him. That little freak show Stanford swimmer is out of jail already. for sexually. After he sexually assaulted that girl, they gave him six months, and he's out already. He's out. You know, I thought about that. And, and on and, to live his life. Yeah, he got out in like three months. I though. have thought about yeah. that. three months. And you know what I've thought about? Now, and clearly it's a lightly. huge miscarriage of justice. Yes. <clears throat> but However, I will say this. Yeah. He's probably, in the long run, in the long run, this man's life, just justly so, has been ruined by his actions. Good. And and that's right. Yeah, that's yeah right. he's a registered. He had but what I'm saying record. is, there's so many men who rape and would get the six months and then fly under the radar for the rest of their lives. So there is some justice to this guy because everybody in the country knows what a dirtbag he is. At least there's that. He has never admitted he did anything wrong. No, I know, but everybody knows what he did. I know, I know. Everybody I'm just knows what he did. He's never admitted he did anything wrong. He wants to sit there and, you know, of course, this is like that affluenza motherfucker that's running yeah. around there. That, you know, oh, this has just so affected him and he doesn't even eat steak anymore, blah, blah. Fuck yourself. I don't eat steak anymore either. Well, no, I'm just, the only thing I'm saying is, or if cheese. there's anything I'm a part to of this, the anti cheese coalition. If you said it's it. that he, his punishment is. That everybody in the country knows where to dirtbag the son bitch is. That's yeah. all. I'm not saying it's you know. They should. Um, but at least. But he's also. But, yeah, but you wonder how often does he have to does, register as a sex offender? He oh, should. I'm sure he does. I don't know, but he should. I think there's. I don't think. Maybe is that mandatory in all sex related yeah. cases? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Sure. I'm not sure because what, what because the big thing case. was the the judge didn't want to put him really in jail. Yeah. Because you know it was going to be so detrimental yeah. to him, and he didn't want this one incident to affect his entire life. So I don't know if he made him register or not. Yeah, I don't know if that is. No, and, be, um, I mean, but, I don't know but at least, and, and it makes you. It really does make you wonder how many mm-hmm. times. 
Um, you know, and first of all, you know, we could have a whole show on this because how many rapes go unreported, how many, you know, get by with it. But how many times does this happen that, you know, guys are given light sentences? For, oh, it's happened, you know, you know twice recently, at least. Right. Because um, there was another athlete that got probation. So maybe this, and, and this is why I'd be for rape for this guy, now, because Colonel Justice demands it. You can bet your sweet fucking ass that if it was reversed. She thinks you have a sweet ass, sweet ass. No. no, if, no. If I've was, been told that. If it was reversed and that girl was shoving a bottle up his ass. She would have got a heavier sentence. He would have probably got a Woody from that. Well, maybe, but she would have got a heavier sentence. Is that what he used the bottle? Uh, he used his fingers and maybe I, I think know, she was passed out. Unknown no. object. She was passed out. And he yeah, took, he took advantage of her. And he was passed out. And the only reason that he stopped was because these two Swedish exchange students saw what he was doing and try and took him down. But I mean, what? So what if? You know, what if he, they've got him rolled over, a bunch of girls got him rolled over, ass up, and they're sticking their fingers in his butt or a bottle or whatever. They would have been in a lot more trouble because now they've ruined this athlete's life. He can never continue on. His asshole will never have the same elasticity now that, you know, now, he's been you violated. You bring up a good point because... <laughs> Fucker. If his asshole loses elasticity... He can't swim. You would know, it fill up with water and weigh him down? Would well, it affect his time? Is it bad that swim? I'm thinking about the Swedish exchange students? <laughs> they were boys. Oh. Uh, you kind of rent it for me just then. Well, I'm the dream crusher now, bitch. <laughs> well, I, I just want to... I'm just picturing a bunch of sorority girls with a with a bunch of lubed-up bottles and some poor bastard laying in the alley you know, behind you the wait, dumpster. You wait for it? It's fucking coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> you wait for it. All right, back to Leonard Lake and Sorry. Charles Ng. That's okay. So, um, they the views found, expressed on this program. <laughs> yeah, they're ours. Uh, video equipment found in Lake's cinder block torture chamber was traced to Harvey Dubbs. Hmm. Dubbs was a San Francisco resident, and he vanished on July 25th, 1984, along with his wife and son. I'm connecting the dots here. There you go. Mind. Look at there. Somebody's putting this together. Yes. Uh, wait a minute. Are we sure they didn't just walk in there and go, oh, there's nothing to see here, and then just walk out? <laughs> no, nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Video equipment found, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. Stacks of videotapes revealed home movies of hogtied women, orgies of lust, and young girls, their faces contorted in hideous grimace as they are forced to partake in oral sex and torture. One of the tapes showed a terrified 33-year-old Debbie Dubbs being sexually abused sh- so badly she couldn't have survived. On the same tape, Lake and his Asian accomplice were seen sexually abusing pretty Brenda O'Connor. Brenda, her husband Lonnie, and their son had been unlucky enough to be Lake's closest neighbor. Uh, Brenda didn't trust Lake. Location, location, location. <laughs> who called himself Gunner. So he's made up his, no, his, now, made up his he, own he's, nickname. He, he's using all these people's <clears throat> names that he whacked. Well, I'm just thinking he's like Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Chuck makes up his own names. Up his own this guy was taking aliases of the people he killed. Uh, she told people thereabouts that she had seen him bury a body in the woods. Uh, Jesus. Instead of notifying the police, Lonnie invited a friend named Robin Stapley to stay with them for added protection. None of the four had been seen since May of 1985. 
In ca- well, that plan didn't go as no. It went. Ca- it went awry. It went awry. Yeah. Uh, in captivity, Brenda was seen on tape tied to a chair, pleading for her life as her husband, son, mm-hmm. friends Stapley, and others watched in horror. The Asian I untied can her. Imagine that. How awful. Hold on. He did the did this in front of the family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Asian untied her, and she was forced to strip naked before being put in, in front leg of her irons. Kids. Being put in leg irons and sexually abused by both Lake and the Oriental. Why are you using all these disparaging? I I no I shouldn't because Oriental is not a person. Asian is the appropriate term. Um, on tape, Lake was heard to say, "Be co- by cooperating with us, that means you will stay here as a prisoner. You will work for us. You will wash for us. You will fuck. You will fuck for us. Or you can say no. In which case, we'll tie you to the bed. We'll rape you." And then we'll take you outside and shoot you. Your choice. Really not a very good choice. That's that a is, Sophie's choice. That is a Sophie's choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking Sophie sure. wouldn't like that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even Sophie's there. I'm hoping that cyanide is a really nasty way to die. Oh, it's a whore. They say it's just a whore, but it's I quick. Would, I would hope so. But the intense cramping and pain that you go through before you die, and he didn't die right away. Oh, that's so He plus. started, and no, he, they took him to the... Uh, I mean, they they took him to the hospital, I think, before he died. Police estimated that 21 missing women, daughters, wives, girlfriends were shown as victims of malicious attacks in the tapes or captured on still photos. Veteran homicide sleuths who thought they'd seen everything winced at the screams of luckless victims being raped and sodomized. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you hate to be the detectives that have to watch that? Cries of children in the background particularly distressed case-hardened detectives. Oh, for the love of God. Female captives were seen with, with withering yeah. on the floor, uh, humiliated in front that of. Might be writhing, but well, that's what I thought. But it says withering, um, humiliated in front of other male and female captives. Still, photographs showed naked young girls ranging in age from 12 to early 20s, forced to engage in kinky sex trysts. Mm. Six women identified. I feel like that's a little judgmental now. Yeah. I mean, kinky. I don't agree with the force, but what they was doing doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it was kinky now. Six women identified in the tapes were eventually found alive. Fifteen more were found. Fifteen more remain missing to this day, but those six women, God. Mm. Mm-mm. Now, abducted children and, may, and male captives were obviously buried or cremated in an incinerator found adjacent to Lakes Wileysville Bunker. The grounds of the ranch were dug up and 12 corpses were uncovered in shallow graves. With the help of the sheriff's cadaver dogs, they uprooted some 45 pounds of human skeletons and fragmented teeth, bones, and partial remains of missing men, women, and children. And see, again, there was no one looking for these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if, if the Ng wouldn't have tried to steal the damn vice, they would still be uh, at it. Yeah. They it's found shit was going on. They found jewelry, rotted clothing, and several driver's licenses, including that of Stapley and Mike Carroll. Um, another rotting corpse was eventually identified as Randy Jacobson. Among other victims were two families, Harvey Dubbs and his wife Deborah, and baby son Sean, and Lonnie Bond and Brenda O'Connor and their baby son Lonnie Bond Jr. I think that Dubbs' family is the one that had the uh, video equipment for yeah. sale, and they went... So, I mean, they were killing people off of this ranch. They killed a lot of people on the ranch, but yeah. they were killing people, you know, <clears throat> in, in But the then area. they would bring them back to the ranch and bury them. Yeah. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. weird. 
The women had been sexually abused and killed after their husbands and infants were disposed of. Five of the bodies were of men lured to the ranch to be robbed and killed, including Robin Stapley and Paul Costner, and the twelfth was identified as 18-year-old Kathleen Allen, who knew Ng because her boyfriend had once been his cellmate in prison. Oh, so she knew he was quality. Yeah, uh, what happened there, Ng uh, uh, contacted her saying she had a message from from the boyfriend, boyfriend and then he abducted her. Uh, it's been estimated the number of unknown murdered persons could be as high as 25. Lake's younger brother, Do- oh, he was a younger brother. Lake's younger brother, Donald, had vanished in 83 and was presumed dead. One of Lake's closest friends and best man at his wedding, Charles Gunner, also went missing and is presumed dead. You can't keep friends like that. Well, he was his best man at that point. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. You yeah. were killing all your friends. No, he probably wasn't friend. planning on getting married again. Probably yeah, he was bad luck if he was his best man. Nobody's going to want to be your friend. If pe- it, it's like Chuck with everybody dying around him. I know. If the people all around you are going missing, never to be seen again, you might not want to be friends with them. Uh, let's see. One of Lake's closest, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Gunner's remains were discovered at the ranch in September of 1992. Yeah, so he wasn't found. A few, For a while. Yeah, a few years later. The investigation yielded information on other unsolved murder cases in the Bay Area. Randy Jacobson was a 34-year-old unemployed drifter who vanished in 1984 after Lake answered an ad he, after Lake answered an ad he placed in the newspaper to sell his van. Lake killed him. Donald Guletti, 38, a favorite San Francisco disc jockey, answered an ad in a sex tabloid offering Jesus Christ, offering free oral sex by an Asian male. Oh, it's free. Free oral sex. Free oral sex. Now you don't you don't just stumble across free oral sex. No, I mean you know, but who answers you that know, ad? Well, it's too good to be true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was found shot three times in the study of his home. Um, in the study. Yes. Colonel Mustard. Hold on. Isn't that a Tony Orlando song? Shot for shot three times on the ceiling if you want me. I was making a clue. Three I was making times. a clue reference. You stepped all over my clue reference. Oh, I got it. For a Tony Orlando and Don reference. I liked it. I liked Thank your you, clue reference. I hated your singing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know where they found Tony Orlando? Dead. It's <laughs> a crack of dawn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, now he's still alive. I he is know. still alive. I don't know. Yeah. Don, Don is still alive as well. I don't know anything. look at it. I think there's two. Okay. Don was two. Yeah, there was two girls. So his roommate identified the man who visited him the night as Charles Ng. Ng. Although police estimate 25 people died at the hands of Lake and Ng, they are unable to identify an exact number. Many of the victims would never properly be properly identified because they had been chopped into small pieces and fed to the chickens or buried. Ugh. Having suffered excruciating pain, others were cremated and their bones crushed completely. You know, there were three dons. Charlie was a uh, and then wait a minute, this point is Delta Don. Tony Orlando had Thelma Hopkins and Joyce Vincent, not the same one who died in England. And Pamela Vincent sometimes uh, stood in for. I know Thelma. I know Thelma Hopkins is Thelma. Okay, Thelma Hopkins. Well, she was one of she was Don. She was part of Don. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, Back to the story. And that's it. Okay. Well, thank you, Randy. That was very enlightening. Are we done? I'm done with this. Well, there's an aftermath to this, Timmy. Uh, now, let God. me fill you so in the on the aftermath. Has to go on now. Oh, God. 
Now, one of the first finds by investigators were adult fingerprints taken from the bookshelf window. Okay. Later, they found other prints on and around the same window. Pecker prints? Yeah. Pecker trails? The fingerprints were identified as belonging to Leonard and Charlie. Since Leonard had escaped justice by suicide, the police now focused on finding his accomplice, Ing. Finding and bringing Ing to justice would turn out to be quite the ordeal. The FBI, meanwhile, had determined... Yeah, Tony Orlando and Don had released a uh, DVD in 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're still hopping. They was playing the Holiday Inn down the street the other day. They broke up for a long time. Well, yeah. Candida, remember that song? Yeah, isn't Candida like a, a bacterial overgrowth? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, candida is like a thing you get in your mouth or something. Yeah, it's I'm not sure. Like thrush. I don't know. Look that up. Somebody look that up. Write okay. that down. All right, write that down. Okay. Now the FBI. Tie the yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Should I wait? <laughs> they only had three hits. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're safe to continue. The FBI, meanwhile, had determined that Charles Ng had taken a flight from San Francisco to Chicago, but they were unable to ascertain where he had gone from there. Mm. After a check of his background, they found that he came from Hong Kong. Mm. Ah, the far Had east. sisters in Toronto and Calgary and an uncle in Yorkshire, England. And mm-hmm. former Marines in Hawaii. They were aware that with sufficient funds in several days lead, several days lead, in could be in any of four locations. That was really wrong. He could have been anywhere in the world. That's but, what uh, I said. I think those were the be the places I wouldn't head if I was him. Yeah. But now yeah. to assist in the search, they contacted Interpol and Scotland Yard and dis- distributed Ing's description worldwide. Now, gradually, the FBI was successful in tracing his movements after leaving San Francisco. After interviewing Leonard's Lake's ex-wife, uh, Clara Lynn, mm-hmm. they learned that uh, she had driven him to the airport shortly after Lake's suicide. Mm-hmm. Ng was seen boarding an American Airlines flight to Chicago, and on his arrival, he had booked into the Chateau Hotel under the name of Mikey Komoto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, professional wrestler before checking out four days later. He then met up with an unidentified friend and traveled to Detroit before crossing the border into Canada alone. A search of his apartment revealed a cache of weapons and property allegedly belonging to the victims as well as a pay slip from the Dennis Moving Company. Now, one of posters with Ning's face... And descriptions started to appear all over Canada. Hmm. Although Ng managed to elude the nationwide manhunt for 34 days, his penchant yeah. for shoplifting led to his demise just as it had for Leonard Lake. On Saturday, July 6, 1985, two security guards in a Hudson Bay store in Calgary approached Ng after he had attempted to leave this store with several grocery items secreted in his anus. Oh, secreted. No, he did not. It, okay, they was in his backpack, but mm-hmm. anus makes for a better story. It does. None the of the listeners would have known the difference. Yeah, they would. This is a pretty nice, well-known story. When they challenged him, Ng drew a gun and threatened him. 
a short scuffle followed during which one of the officers was shot in the hand before Ng was overpowered, then taken into custody. Ng was not a ninja. No, he was later not. charged at Calgary Metropolitan Police Station with robbery, attempted robbery, possession of a firearm, and attempted murder. They threw the book at the boy. As Ng prepared to face the courts, news of his arrest reached the local task force. Any elation at his capture was soon dispelled, however, when John Cosby came in, provided drinks to everybody at the task force. They fair. all passed out no. and Ng escaped. Different Cosby. This guy is a good guy. Oh, okay. Let me go back then. Any elation at his capture was too soon was soon dispelled when John Cosby the Canadian Justice Minister announced that under the terms of the 1976 extradition treaty with the United States, he had refused the quest for Ng's extradition as Canada, having abolished capital punishment, would not release any prisoner charged with a capital crime that carried the death penalty. Hmm. So Canada's a bunch of liberal commie... And we have a lot of listeners in Canada. Be nice. Okay, they're they're they're, they're progressive. Uh, progressive, yeah. Let's let's go with that. Mm-hmm. The FBI, however, was permitted to interview Ng in Canada. Mm-hmm. Two San Francisco detectives were sent to interview Ng in his Calgary jail cell. He told them that it was Lake who was responsible for most of the killings, but admitted to helping dispose of Paul Cosner's body. Now, following this interview, the U.S. Justice Department made a renewed attempt to have him extradited, but the Canadian authorities refused. As they were about to bring Ng to trial for his, the offenses committed, his dastardly deeds in the Great North. <clears throat> Ng had later tri- was tried, convicted on the shoplifting and assault charges and sentenced to four and a half years imprisonment. As he prepared to serve his sentence, the United States Justice Department began what would become a long and protracted battle to extradite Charles Ng. Mm-hmm. The battle lasted almost six years. During this period, Ng spent most of his time studying American law. Of course he did. During the extradition proceedings, evidence was tabled that Ng had drawn several cartoons which, according to U.S. attorneys, showed details of the Wilsleyville killings that only someone with the intimate knowledge of the killings could produce. So he he basically gave them evidence. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, yeah, here's how we did it. After dozens of appeals and a seemingly endless round of hearings, the Canadian government finally acceded to ca- the Californian government's request and agreed to extradite Ng on September 26, 1991. Within moments of his release, Ng was flown to McKellen, McClellan Air Force Base, where he was transferred to Folsom, Folsom prison. prison. Yes. And you know what he was doing? What? Singing. He was stuck in Folsom Prison. Just a. Uh, no. Don't he sing. shot a man and no, we know. No, don't sing. Don't okay. sing. Okay. He had the Folsom Prison Blues, though. He had the Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. Oh, you know what he heard? Now I know how it goes. He heard that trainer coming, Timmy. Yeah, it was coming down the track. Yeah, around the bend. Go ahead, go ahead. Continue. Coming around the bend, yeah. No singing. And Ng, he hadn't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. Yes, because he's stuck in Folsom Prison, Timmy. He should be. And time keeps dragging on. Continue, Colonel. Okay. Now, what followed were the most drawn-out, costly criminal proceedings in U.S. criminal history, Timmy. 
Yeah. Even outstripping the infamous O.J. Simpson case. Ng mm. used every point of law that he and the string of attorneys could muster to delay the trial proceedings. The site for the trial was to be San Andreas, but they found fault in San Andreas. <laughs> but Ng constantly filed actions against the state of California, making formal complaints on matters ranging from poor treatment to the bad food to the claim that he was forced to take medication for motion sickness during the 50-mile trip to the courthouse, which yeah, he claimed... Yeah, I mean, he was, he, was, he was stalling at every turn. ...made him drowsy and unable to participate in pre-trial proceedings. Well, game, make you tired. In game further delays... Yeah. ...by dismissing his attorneys at regular intervals and filed a $1 million malpractice suit against him for incompetence. At one stage, he filed a motion with the San Andreas court applying for the right to represent himself, but later withdrew it. Yeah, he, 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 he would tell his uh, cellmates that the one way, if you want to, uh, uh, the one avenue that prisoners had, defendants had, is to fire your attorney. So he was firing his attorney, you know, anytime it would get too close to trial, he would end up following his attorney, and then there was a delay. I'm really not sure, you know, it doesn't do him any good in the end, but well, he's still delay, fighting that, so. They, these delaying t- tactics continued as his attorneys applied to have the trial moved to Orange County, as they believed that their client would not receive a fair trial in San Andreas because San Andreas was faulty. So, in support of this motion, the attorneys tabled an independent survey indicating that 95% of the res- residents of Calaveras County already considered in guilty. Those and other motions were brought before the California Supreme Court no less than five times until finally, on April 8, 1994, a San Andreas judge upheld the motion and ordered the trial moved to San Andreas. Santa Ana in Orange County. Now, this action, Timmy, caused further delays when Orange County officials objected on the grounds that it was virtually bankrupt and couldn't afford the damn trial. Yeah, this trial now, at this point, has cost millions of dollars at that point. Yeah, now, see, I, and this is what I call the 39-cent solution, Timmy. Mm-hmm. About, well, 39 cents, if somebody got a calculator, $10, a box of 50, 50 cents. 50 cent solution. 50 cent. 50 cent. A box of 59 millimeter rounds cost me $10. You put one right behind the poor bastard. But I don't poor bastard. Why didn't they just put one behind his damn ear? They had him in a van traveling across to the courthouse, right? Mm -hmm. Why couldn't they just throw his ass out the van, let him hit the concrete, put him back in? Throw his ass out the van, let him hit the concrete, put him back in, drive 70 miles an hour, throw his ass out the van. Because they weren't in Chicago. Well, it's the Chicago way. Yes. Continue, Colonel. Anyway, the issue was finally resolved when the state of California agreed to pay any costs incurred. More years of legal wrangling ensued as Ng changed attorneys, who in turn asked for further adjournments to prepare their case. At one time during the proceedings, Ng was housed in a small cage between appearances. Good. As he was considered highly dangerous. The cage was later removed when a federal magistrate described it as barbarous. Barbarous. Okay. 
Even before the actual trial began, Ng had appeared before six different judges in a case that had amassed over six tons of evidence and wow. other legal documents that have cost uh, $10 million. Jeez. In October 98, after 13 years of delays and extended legal arguments, the trial of Charles Chet Ng began. His real name, middle name was Chitat, but we call him, they call him Chit Chat in prison because he might be a snitch. Hmm. For the next few months, the jury, the media, and the family, and the friends of the victims heard state prosecutor Charlene Hanukkah relate how Lake and Ng had selected and kidnapped their victims before taking to the uh, Willsleyville site where they were sadistically tortured, raped, and murdered. Hmm. To support the state's case, Hanukkah submitted the videos. So that was pretty... Pretty pretty convincing evidence. Evidence including stolen property and photographs were tabled, further linking both men to the victims. Hanukkah also attempted to submit excerpts from Lake's diaries as evidence, but John Judge J. Ryan refused to admit them, ruling that most of the material submitted bore no relevance to the case. Part of Lake's military record was also withheld. The defense countered, though, Timmy. They did. They countered strong, claiming that Ng was an unwilling accomplice oh, to the more Ng. dangerous and demanded Lake, who was responsible for the murders, poor Ng. while Ng merely participated in some of the sexual offenses. See, this Blame is, it on the dead guy. This is basically the offense. I, this is the defense I would use when I go to Frisch's. At lunchtime with the devil, Timmy. Frisch's is a local restaurant. Frisch's is a local restaurant here. Sometimes me and the devil will run up there. She will perform some dastardly deed. I will have to say I was an unwilling participant only mm-hmm. because I was with the devil. Yes. I never so, seen you go to Frisch's in your life. Yeah, and it was bullshit then and it's bullshit <laughs> now. <laughs> now, toward the end of the proceedings, Ng damaged his own case when he insisted on taking the stamp. There we go. A move which allowed prosecutors to present additional evidence. Because nothing ever goes wrong. Including a picture of Ng in his cell showing the incriminating cartoons behind him. Yeah, I don't understand how they got bought. Well, I guess they, because, you know, I don't know why they didn't have to show that in Discovery. But I guess when he took the stand, they were able to use that evidence. Somehow he opened some uh, opened uh, up the a line of questioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you would know more about this. You a lawyer? I'm not. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't focus in criminal law, but well, anyway, criminal procedure. Anyway. The cartoons behind him on the wall ha- ha- were behind him on the wall, and there was a motto that said, "No kill, no thrill." No gun, no fun. Don't you have that tattoo? Yeah, she's got it. Ain't that what your tram stamp says? I'm not telling you about my tattoo. I'm just saying. I just thought you had Where is your tattoo, tattoo? by the way? You never told us. Uh, It's for me to know. You do that. It is someplace discreet. Now, I got three tattoos. I'd tell the listeners. Maybe I got four. Yeah, but all of yours are stupid. All of mine have deep, significant meanings, spiritual meanings. Continue, Colonel. Finally, in 1999, after... Try trial lasting eight months. All the evidence had been heard, and the jury retired to consider a verdict. Within hours, they returned. They found Charles Chitchat Ng guilty of the murder of six men, three women, and two baby boys. 
The charge of murdering the seventh man, Paul Cosner, had been dropped previously owing to insufficient evidence. Judge Ryan then followed the jury's recommendation and imposed a sentence of death, even though he had the option of sentencing them to life. A 2001 San Francisco judge found Ng and Lake responsible for the death of missing auto trader Paul Cosner. Ng currently remains on death row at San Quentin State Prison. No execution date. Now, ain't this a bunch of bullshit? They sentenced him to death in 1999, and they ain't even got an execution date for it. Sorry. Yeah, he's still going through his appeals. To date, his prosecution and punishment and appeals have cost taxpayers in excess of $30 million. Now, God damn them, had they given him to me before the trial, I'd have spent $1 on a bullet. I would have taken the $29,999,999, and I would have donated that money to the First Church of the Latter-day Colonel. We would have done the Lord's work with it. This scurvy bastard would, would be cooking in hell right now. Mm-hmm. I'd have my uh, Lamborghini. I'd have my jet because, you know, every good pastor needs a Lamborghini and a jet. And uh, justice will be done. Justice will be served, Timmy. They should have put him in your hands. They should have given him, turned him over to me and said, look, Colonel, we got a problem here. We, it, it's called a black bag job, Timmy. Yeah. They needed me to do some wet work. Yes. I would have done it on his ass. Uh, shout outs, Colonel. Shout outs. We got plenty of shout outs today. We, let's see. We covered, uh, we we did cover Trish Hillard, her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to put a little bit of money on your commissary account, Trish. <laughs> um, let's see. We got a promotion, Timmy. Oh, great. Who got promoted? Kim Taylor is now the manager. At her, uh, at, at uh, Hibbard's Sporting Good. Congratulations, Kim. That's great. That's really a yeah. great, great news. We got some new listeners. Bob Bob Mills is not a new listener. He's new to our Facebook page. It's great to have you there. Bob Still Mills stroking. and Sons Painting. Still stroking. Still got the smoothest strokes in New Jersey. We were worried about you, Bob. We hadn't heard from you in a while. Yeah. We thought you had a real stroke. Uh, Missy Horton Dean. Mm-hmm. Um... One we just, this morning, it just, I got, became friends with this morning, Karen Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen Kirsten. from uh, Euclid, Ohio. It is Kevin Cummings' birthday today. And Happy Kevin birthday, Cummings. Kevin. Now, Kevin is not in prison. Um, no. So, we hope that he gets a cake and some candles, and, and I don't know if he has a spouse or whatnot, but I hope they buy him a nice gift. Uh, you know, it looks like he enjoys golf. No, well, I hope you're out playing 18 rounds. Where's Kevin from? Kevin is from Farmington, New York. Cool. Farmington, New York. Nice so man. hopefully he got to take some time off and get, get some rounds in. Mary Ray is up in... Uh, let's see, who we got? Kirsten Godley-Davidson. Uh, somebody asked me a question. Colton Dretz. How you doing, Colton? Me and Colton are friends um, on Facebook. Denny McNamara. Uh, Why do you qualify it? Can't you just be friends? Do you have to qualify it as Facebook well, friends? No, because there is a difference. Um, yeah. I mean, because if I say a friend, it means that you live down the street or, you know, all of you are welcome to stop by my house and have a beer. I mean, I don't, you know. Okay. Michelle Chu. 
Yes, Michelle's um, new to the page. Michelle's new to the page. Um, Keith McAllister, Josh O'Keefe, and Keith, um, is it Frusi? Keith Frusi? I think so, yeah. Um, of course, Celine, thank you uh, for the shout out. Celine just uh, moved into her new home. And congratulations home. on that new home. And Celine, I believe you said when you got that home, you was going to send me a pie. Um, you get no damn pie. Well, she said she would do something on Patreon, and we don't care about that. She was going to send me a pie. Um, speaking of pie, Amber Croup. You owe me a pie. Peanut butter pie, damn I it. I want peanut butter pie. I'm messaging my... I don't do know it if, soon. I do not know if me and Amber are friends on Facebook, but I'm going to send her a message. Well, um, do it soon. Tiffany. Let's hope Bo... Go, go Bo. Go Bo. That's what you say with that's Tiffany. That's her son. That's her son, Bo Hall. Or Bo Bell. I'm Bo Hall. Um, he's running back. Got his second game of the season coming up tomorrow night, so... Um, let's see, we got Amber. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Boomershine. Tommy Boomershine. Did I say Jessica Williams? No, I don't think so. Jessica Williams, who never goes to Chicago. Um, we got the two Jennifers. Jennifer Burdick, mm-hmm. Jennifer Siemens. Good mm-hmm. Jennifer, bad Jennifer. <laughs> They're right. both the good Jennifers. Um, uh, and we got, of course... Um, the the lovely, lovely, truly, I mean, this is a wonderful woman, Shannon. Mm-hmm. Shannon, Shannon who does the Lord's does work the on Lord's two work. fronts. She actually really does the Lord's work. She really does. She does the Lord's work for Amnesty International. She does, a, does the books for the church, uh, the Colonel's church. She's a very good person. Um, who am I leaving out here? Tell me who I'm leaving out. Ah, <sighs> uh, Jeff Chestnut. Jeff Chestnut, Marvin. Yeah. John Holmes. John. <laughs> Michael. Michael Burtzel. Mm-hmm. Gave us an update. Brittany Chacon making the dragon soup. Yes. Dragon's blood soup. Yes. Chris. Chris. And Chris, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm, we're going off, off the top of our heads here. Um, Linda Middleton. Yes. We got Jennifer. Linda. You come second because, well, you're on the wrong team. Did you do Trisha Hillard? Yes, it's her birthday. Trisha Hillard? Sorry, it is her birthday. And Dottie. Oh, no, we was getting to Dottie. Well, Dottie's always last. You, you just said it was off the top of your head. Off, no, no, no. We never forget Tiffany Lady Bell. Beverly. Tiffany Bell, Lady Beverly. Did I tell you my child went to school in his bathrobe today? And hold on, let me just finish these two up and then you can tell that one. Uh, Lady Beverly. Um, and Alexandra. Erica. Erica, yeah. Dottie. Yes, you mentioned her. Don't, can't believe I even got to say her name. Oh, it should be Dottie's History Dweebs is our, should be our show. But, uh, let's see. Trixie. Oh, crazy ass Trixie. Jean Bond. Bond. Jean Bond. Yes. Scott. Scott Klukowski. Yeah, I want to say, Scott, just because I'm watching Toddlers and Terrors, I know who John Benet well, is. Well, I'm telling you why. That's weird that you um, watch that show. I watched 15 minutes of oh that show last god. night, it's and I was like, are these amazing. Oh, my God. It's amazing, but We're I know. We're talking about John Terrors and Toddlers and Terrors. Toddlers and Terrors. Oh, my God. You know what? I can't wait till 90 Day Fiance starts again. But, no, I know who John Benet is. You know, just because... Just because she was in those pageants had nothing to do with the fact that she was killed. Well, we don't know that. Oh, I think it, I think it could have been it another another contestant. 
I don't think it was another it could contestant. Have been another contestant. <laughs> Dumb bastard. So because John Bernard right. was making a rise. Okay, Brandy. <laughs> Am I the only one who remembers Tanya Harding? No, Pumpkin, but these people, you have to understand, those people, I mean, they're very narcissistic. They're up in their own little Oh, world. these these stage moms. Yeah, they're, they're, and, they're, yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of them had been, you know, they're living through their kids, obviously, and they were, had been in uh, pageants in the past. Yeah. Well, a lot of them, Colonel, have hit the wall. Oh, they've hit the, they jumped a shark. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, John Bonet's were... John Bonet's mom. I would have. I would have. I would have. Yeah, she's dead. On Still, <laughs> but she's, she's not. But that show. I mean, the way they bomb people that now. That show I mean, is amazing. It's like watching Hoarders or Intervention. It just uh, makes me feel better because there those little girls are, and they're all dressed and up. And they're all in their glitz. coin on yeah, that. And they're all in their glitz dresses, and their hair's all done. Their makeup's on. Their flippers in. Their nails are done. And I sent my kid to school today in his bathrobe and flip flops. Why well, didn't know where his? Uh, Don't know. Just decided that that's what he wanted to do today. And now, did he have on other clothes besides he his did, bathroom? He did have on his street clothes. Okay. So but he wanted to put his bathrobe on. He wanted to be props. like Hugh Hefner. He wanted I to be he Columbo. He was, all he was missing was a pipe. You should have got him a pipe. I don't have pipes just lying around my well, house. Well, but I don't think uh, you know Hugh Hefner wears a... What was it, a Batman? Uh, it was Batman bathrobe. Okay. You know, they say Hugh Hefner went through a 12-pack of Pepsi a day. Well, I did not him. know that. Oh, he's still alive. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> and getting more tail than you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's doing a whole lot with it, though. Brandy, your final thoughts on Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, your good friends. What? Your good friends. How the fuck are they my good friends? I'm surprised you never ran across Ng in your world travels. Yeah, I have. Yeah, you. Your good friends, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Any final thoughts? Not my good friends. That's a final thought. My final thought also is that like many of these people that we do, they're asshats. Okay. So they got what they deserved. Colonel, your final thoughts on serial killer Leonard Lake and his accomplice, Charles Ng, well, with no vows. I would have liked name. to have had 10 minutes alone with Mr. Ng. Um, Mr. Ng is... For the Colonel Justice. For oral sex. Has As, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah never to, answer that ad, Colonel. And uh, you may be tempted. I think if anything we learn, let it pass. It's yeah. don't tape and rape. Don't tape and rape. Now, don't, don't rape, rape is a all. rule. Yeah, it's a rule. We rape. That is um, a good life rule. Rape now, is I bad. can't imagine. Could you imagine a collection Brittany Chacon and Chris got? Because she's just said on our page what crazed. Fiends they are. They're very nice. What people. is wrong with you? They're very no. nice people, and I don't know why they, you're this person. They are lovely individuals. They are. I'm just saying. She's a nurse for God's Everybody's sake. allowed their proclivities, and you need to you need to be quiet. Oh, and be I, very yeah, careful Seamans, because you don't want Jennifer, to get into your no, proclivities. You don't want to get yeah. into your proclivities. Jennifer Siemens apparently has a thing with monkeys that going on. She does have a thing with monkeys. And Amber Croup, what makes you think you can take on Godzilla? Yeah, I mean, what is wrong? With if you're wondering what we're talking about, we have a face. We have two Facebook pages. Yeah, One's we? called History Dweebs, and the other is called History Dweebs, a podcast where we intera- uh, interact with uh, all the folks who listen to the podcast. So, if you get a chance, join History Dweebs, the podcast, and uh, you'll get to meet all these people that we're talking about. They're actually all very nice, and they do. Uh, they're not uh, deviants. No, I do believe all. somebody posted a picture the other day that's people joining them. Remember, they just back out. Like, yeah, oh, that no. was funny. Oh no! Because <laughs> some leave quickly, but if you stick around, you'll get to know people. Because, because that bad. Da, but 
what you have to do, I laughed so damn hard, you know, and, and the people on the page are funny, but sometimes things strike you funny. Yes. And somebody posted a picture of Godzilla. Timmy, you did. And, you know, there was a dispute as to whether you had a penis or not. Yeah. And Amber Croup jumped in and said, I want me some of that. <laughs> That was a funny line. That was a funny line. Well, because you've got to think, it, uh, if he has one, it will be it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. And they was making fun of the woman with a pound and a half of heroin in a, in a JJ there. Yeah. So we, we talk Amateur. about all the... You know, important topics. It's a very highbrow page. Yeah, we talk about amateur. We talk about all the uh, important topics of the day on the page. So join us at the History History Dweebs the podcast Facebook group. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter at History Dweebs One on um, iTunes. If you please subscribe and leave us a review, that's how other people find us. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you all again real soon. Hey, uh, we've had actually we've had about four good reviews on iTunes. Yeah, so uh, people nice enough to like leave recently. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you would, we really appreciate it um, because we're kind of like a stepchild. Only you know, all these podcasts gets reviews and we don't. Let we me like tell you that. something. Celine, Maybe because we suck. Well, and that's probably a large part of it. But Celine did the ultimate and cool thing, so she gets two shout outs. Because she put us on Rosie O'Donnell's Twitter feed. Yes, she, she did. did. That was very, very nice of you. Very sweet. Yes, um, she mentioned us on. They were talking about podcasts, and she mentioned history dweebs. So thank you very much. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day, listeners. Bye, bye, everyone. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.